We are Fleck, Rose, and Spears, and we are supremely black, dropping content that matters. Uh, this week, I want to do something a little bit different, or not different, back to what we've done once or twice or whatever. So I'm just going to ask y'all how y'all doing mentally, uh, spiritually, emotionally, and physically uh, this week. So uh, just touch on those topics or whatever. Just uh, tap in and let us know how you're doing in all those aspects. Emotionally and mentally, I'm doing good. Now I'm at the out the house, roaming around a little bit more. So uh, mostly mentally, I'm I'm doing better, uh, in a better place. Um, spiritually, I could be better. I'm good, but I could be better. I need to get my little interactions and I talk talks with God a little bit more often than what they have been here lately. Get back on that on that track uh, of what I used to do and doing that. Uh, physically, I. I could lose some weight, but we working on that. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm feeling good physically, but you know what I'm saying? You boy need to get back on, uh, get back on in that gym, get back to working, you know, so I can get ready for the summer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, got some plans for the summertime and I need to get ready, get back fit. And I got goals for that as well. So overall, overall, I'm okay. I'm okay. d Rose. Yeah, what's good, man? It's D Rose. Um, physically, I'm good. I've been working out here at the crib. Got a little run in uh, Tuesday. Uh, been back on my push-ups, uh, plank sit-ups. So everything's good with that. Spiritually, uh, honestly, this is probably the strongest that I've been in a long time. Like I, I it, it may be times where I've found myself. You know, speaking with God, you know, hours throughout the day, really just almost like a best friend, phone to the side and really just, you know, thinking about life and just walking, you know, walking with faith, but seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, mentally, it's a challenge. It's just really just getting used to a new norm, you know, especially when you're missing a big piece, uh, but also realizing that, you know, uh, life doesn't stop like we was talking about before we we, we st actually started recording you know life doesn't stop and I think when you not think but when you walk by faith and you're really just trusting and whatever God's plan is for you that's the strongest that you've ever been you may feel your weakest mentally uh, but it's not for you to be in control so I would say that's that's my current status right now but for everybody that is here everybody's good everybody's in good health uh, but, you know, we just still pushing, man. It's, uh, you know, day 12 of this new physical year, and I can't complain. You know, I'm still here. So what about you, Spear? Uh, physically, I'm exceptional. I've uh, been back in the gym consistently, uh, starting to see gains and stuff uh, from being in the gym consistently, but also for uh, changing my diet. I, I didn't realize – I knew, but I didn't realize how much of a difference it made uh, physically, uh, cutting out liquor and not drinking alcohol from your, uh, taking that out your diet, I guess, or just taking out your repertoire and not, and not consuming it. So I'm starting to see some things. My love handles are gone. Now I just got to get rid of this fupa. But, uh, like Flake said, it's a work in progress. Uh, spiritually, I'm good. Like Flake, I can be better, but, uh, I'm doing some things that's getting me disciplined and consistent in a certain routine and a pattern. So then therefore after seven or 21 days, you know, they, they go back and forth how long it takes to, you know, build a pattern. But after those days, it'll be something that's like clockwork versus me. Oh snap. I got to do this. So I got to do that. Or I forgot this. I'll get it the next day. So I'm working on some things that's going to help me build up a pattern and everything. I got some goals that I've written out on the 30th of last year, uh, December 30th of last year that I want to incorporate too for me to uh, do spiritually. Uh, emotionally, I'm good. I'm good emotionally. I'm uh, learning how to put my feelings and my emotions in check. Uh, I'm becoming a better communicator. Uh I'm not going to elaborate or go into detail, but Rose, you firsthand see last night from our board meeting call or whatever, and you told me it was growth. I'm just processing things differently and looking at things from uh, not only my perspective, because my perspective is going to stay what it is and be what it is, but also just trying to look at it from somebody else's perspective and how they could see it. And then uh, mentally, or this might go emotionally, I really don't know. Y'all going to have to tell me. Mentally, I'm all right. Like my mental's good, 
But again, from our board meeting call yesterday, I'm just a little frustrated. And then some people that I uh, contacted ain't reached out to me. So I'm like, what's up? So with uh, with with what's going on with that, it just got me a little frustrated and uh, a little irked. So I don't know if y'all will put that under emotional because, you know, uh, being irked and perturbed and stuff is emotions. But uh, it also could be mental because it, it might be messing with your fucking with your psyche and shit. So uh, I guess it's a little bit here or there. So I don't know which one really to put it under. But whichever one to put it under, the opposite one is good. And that one is a little like, you know, uh Okay, I'll say about an 80%. Yeah, I would think that would be more or less of a mental challenge just because you know what the expectation is that one that you set for yourself and the others that are that's around you. So it's just more or less it's going to test your growth even more because at the end of the day, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And everybody else has to look at it the same way. And if they don't, then that's just how life goes, you feel me? So it's a mental challenge is what I like to call it because you can't control any being and that's just what it is. So uh, for our first topic today, we just want to uh, salute a queen. Uh, also, just talk about possibly how you feel about it, because I've seen since it's been uh, broadcasted or put out there that Maya Angelou is going to be on the quarter. I've seen some people say, you know, that's great and all, and, you know, we're, we're proud of what they're doing, but what happened with Harriet uh, Tubman on a $20 bill also what, what's going on with the convictions of, you know, Breonna Taylor, you know, uh, convict them, you know, Philando Castile, uh, uh, you know, many of the black people that we've lost uh, to, I'm not even gonna say unforeseen circumstances, just people killing them just because they aren't who they like or deem or seem to fit or care for of life or whatever. So uh, how do y'all feel about Maya Angelou being, uh, presented the, is it a privilege? I, I guess presented the privilege of being on the quarter uh, that's going to start being produced. I don't know when they expect to lay them out, but I know they're about to be done in production and be uh, sent out. I want to say March, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not for sure when is when the first quarters are supposed to hit. But how do y'all feel about that? I think, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I, I, I do feel that, you know, we need Harriet on the 20 still. We need them toughness. Uh, we definitely need them still on the 20. But I am happy that Maya Angelou is being represented on the quarter uh, as well. Um, I don't think about it. I mean, I don't know if people are getting this confused, but it won't be – they're not changing it for every quarter. So it's going to be a period of time, a limited amount uh, that it'll be on. I hope I can get my hands on on a few of those quarters myself. I might I might save them just for keepsake or whatnot. But I'm proud uh, that she is placed on the quarter. Um, they will start circulating uh, throughout the year of 2025 is when these quarters will start circulating through. Um, so we still got a couple years on that. Hopefully they'll follow through with this promise because that's what happened with the Tubman's. They announced that, yeah, we approved for you know Tubman to be on the $20 bill, but it won't go into circulation until a certain amount of time and then somebody got an office and, and dead at that. Uh, so hopefully this won't be the same situation. Hopefully this will uh, stick around and stay. Uh, there are other things that we need to get taken care of as well. So I hope there's not a little something to give, you know, promises that have been given out to say, hey, this will pacify them for a little while. And, and you know, maybe they'll forget about that. Now we, we still add pressure on the other things we need as black Americans, but I am happy for that. I can't wait to start circulating around. I definitely would keep a couple of those quarters for keepsake. Yeah, um, indifferent is the best way I could put that. Um, just to be real, which is like watching sports and seeing somebody get an MVP. I mean, it's cool. It's a great representation. You do see uh, somebody that resembles you on a, a, a coin or a dollar. Uh, but when you're thinking about the bigger picture, uh, there's a lot more things that we would like to see change than change. You feel what I'm saying? Like that really doesn't do much for us. It's cool. It feels like breadcrumbs to a bird. And I hate to sound like that guy, but it's it's really just the truth. Um, it's cool, but all right, 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is what it is. Like, yeah, you want to collect a couple coins, you want to get a couple of Tubman's, but when you think about the overall plight and the direction that we're actually wanting to go when people are working, you know, tirelessly to actually change, this does nothing for that plight. Um, it's something to talk about. It's, it's, you know, maybe some clickbait for some people, but in reality, I mean, you getting that quarter ain't going to change how you're viewed in America. Uh, and so until that's actually changed, you can keep the change, honestly. Uh, that's just how I look at it. Yeah. And I'm I'm right on with you, Rose. Uh, it would have been something bigger to me or meant more to me if you changed some of these schools that are named after slave owners and, and racists and changed the school to Maya Angelou School or something, you know, like that, and, and did something to that uh, standard or whatever the case may be. I'm, I'm indifferent, you know, it, it is a, a breadcrumb for us. And, you know, some of us is gonna take it like, uh, we just won the lottery, but that's not what it is. There are things that are more instrumental to the livelihood and to the success and to the uh, empowerment of us that would have just been more instrumental. It, it would have been it would have been better. So again, I'm indifferent. Uh, uh, I am happy anytime a black person does achieve a certain height or standard, and so I would never hate on it. But again, it's not something for me to just go outside and pop fireworks or uh, anything like that, or, or smoke a cigar to and say, "Oh yes." We have arrived. No, I can't do that. So, so you ain't gonna say we did it, Joe? <laughs> nah, <laughs> I ain't gonna come out to no Mary either and say we did it. <laughs> I feel you, man. Uh, but yeah, but uh, so the next the next topic that we're gonna be getting into is the Ahmad Aubrey uh, case. Uh, the Three gentlemen were all charged with life in prison, uh, two without parole. One has to, I think it's serve up to 30 and the chance of parole. Uh, but they still have the jury selection that they're going to be doing on February 7th uh, for the hate crime. So there could be some additional time added on. So Rowdy, it looks like the, you know, Travis and Greg will never get out, regardless of what how it turns out. But it looks like if it, they get the charges placed on about the feds, that Riley probably will never see the light of day again. Anyway, he looks like he's up in age. Um, so, what, 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 fellas, what's your thoughts on the actual verdict and the sentencing for the state? And then, what's your thoughts on how do you think it would actually turn out in federal court? I mean, I'm, I'm. What, ha what happened was supposed to happen. Let me just say that. When you commit a crime like that, you get found guilty, you're supposed to get life. Uh, as we said on previous episodes, it's crazy that we got to get excited for the United States to do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy that when we're going through the trial and all that, when they come down to the verdict, we still get nervous because in the back of, my mind, back of our minds, they're not going to do the right thing. So <clears throat> be honest with you, they kind of shot themselves in the foot and they pretty much admitted to it without not thinking they was admitting to it and they actually admitted to it. Uh, so, I mean, we seen the video op open and shut case, in my opinion. So I think they did the right thing on giving them life without parole. I think the other man was videotaping the 30 years uh, and then he could be paroled after that. I'm okay with that. Um, however, if you're accessory to a crime, if you see it happen, you don't say anything. I mean, I mean, this has happened. I've seen it happen before where you get pretty much the same sentence as somebody else. Like if somebody else go murder somebody, I see it. I don't say anything. I possibly could get life as well. So even though I say I'm okay with that, at the same time, I'm like, buddy should get life from the history of the way they have been sentencing people in the past. And so if I'm a getaway driver, somebody do armed robbery, shoot somebody, kill them. As me as a getaway driver, not even knowing what happened, I can still get life for that or the death penalty or whatever it is for that particular state. Um, so, yeah, I think the Fed situation, the Feds don't get involved really unless they know they got something on it. So, I think in the Fed situation, there's going to be a guilty verdict as well. They got 97%. Feds not coming after you unless they already know 
they can get you convicted on something. So I think the Fed case is going to be guilty as well. I'm not for sure what, you know, what they're going to add on to it outside of probably if you, you know, if you resurrected, you going back to jail again. You know, if you die and come back to life, you going back to jail. So I, I don't know what they're going to add on that. I hadn't, and this could be my ignorance on the situation when it comes to Fed. I don't think they add death penalty or anything like that. Uh, they could, they possibly could, but I, I don't think that's what they actually do. But uh, but yeah, I think you know, like I said, anytime feds get involved, I mean, it's a wrap for you. So they can try to appeal it because there was the case that they was gonna try to appeal it. Uh, but once feds get involved, you just cancel that appeal. I don't know what lawyers gonna want to even deal with that. Matter of fact, when they go to feds, they don't even get a regular lawyer. They don't get, they can't go out and hire a lawyer. So I mean, it's it's pretty much a wrap for them. Yeah, they got public defenders. They had the uh, private lawyers for the state case, but they got public defenders for um, the Fed case. So, uh, uh, just to get one thing cleared up, though, the the public defenders ain't no slouch lawyers. They just lawyers that they give to them. And anytime it's a federal case, it's not no you know no lawyer that just jumped off the porch and just got they passed the bar or whatever. So that's one thing. Two. Uh, this is something I will have to do my research on and to, to re, to re immerse myself with, since I do have a criminal justice degree, but, uh, it's a lot I forgot since I'm not using it, but I think once they get the federal charges, the criminal charges basically drop because feds is more important than criminal. So therefore it still depends on how much sentencing the feds give them. So like if the feds decide to give them 20 to life with a chance of parole after 20, I think that's the sentence that they get to serve versus the criminal that says no, uh, no chance for parole, if I'm not mistaken. So again, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think uh, feds take precedent over criminal or anything civil or anything like that. Federal does. Uh, but as I, I made a post about it on our uh, nonprofit page, uh, into Flex Point, what happened was supposed to happen. What, uh, what the judge did was the right thing and what was supposed to happen. However, this happening is not something that we as a culture or community of people really get too excited about or too moved over because one, there's still other people who need to be convicted. There's still been many of people who have murdered our people and have not been convicted before this. And secondly, when we live in a system that's just not inclusive with us in it, there's not much excitement that really comes from uh, us as a whole. Like some people might get really excited and feel like, oh, okay, this is a, a, a move in the right direction, but as a whole, this is something that you really don't put too much, too much sway or anything in, too much uh, meat in the game because again, there's so much stuff that needs to happen to be changed for us. We also need to do some things that where we're inclusive in the justice system and create a system that gives sentencing the same across the board, no matter your skin color, no matter your race, your creed or religion. And so there's some things that we still need to do. So I'm happy that the judge did what uh, they were supposed to do, but I'm also not moved by it. So it's kind of the same thing with the Maya Angelou thing. There's still more that needs to be done before I could just, you know, jump for joy and be giddy over uh, things like this. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I don't think it's nothing to jump for joy for especially when it's something that's supposed to happen. I think the judge doing what he was supposed to do kind of helped the Fed situation out because you rarely see a situation where the Feds get involved and give a lighter sentence than what the criminal case is, you know. So most times the Feds come down hard. Don't nobody like to see them Feds get involved because they usually come down pretty hard or come down worse than the criminal situation. Because I've seen situations where the Feds get involved. The criminal, they might have been like, are oh, we doing – five to 10, and the feds get involved, nah, buddy, you're doing 30 to 35. So um, so hopefully the feds come in and do the right thing. And I, in my opinion, it'll be silly of them to come in and give a lower sentence than what the criminals already give. Well, you gotta remember who run the system. 
See, yeah, I mean, I know, I know, but it, 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 it'll look, it'll look real bad on whoever making that decision. Now I feel you, but just remember, most of the time when the criminal give you five to ten, and the feds take over and give you thirty to thirty-five, is dealing with black folks. So that is fact. That is fact. Yeah, you know, uh, Timothy Wamsley, uh, the judge, the way he conducted himself throughout that entire process, I, I have to salute that um, because we've seen in several other cases to where pretty much you can see the biasness in the judge, especially when you're dealing with white people about to be convicted for dealing with anything that's even close to hatred or any offense toward the black person, right? Uh, so the way he conducted himself and held his stance in that, I have to salute him for that because we've seen plenty of judges just pretty much almost laugh it off knowing for a fact, I don't even know why y'all think that this is going to be any conviction because there's just the arrogance that a lot of the, you know, Anglo people have when they're in the courtroom. Uh, so, you know, shout out to him or that. But what I want to know is what do the feds know that the state doesn't for them to say that it's a hate crime? Because what I want to know now is that since the father used to be a police officer, are they going to look at the cases that he could have uh, had previously? Also, another thing that I had talked about on our the, one of the smaller clips that I made was, was this their first body? Was this, are they a part of a hate group? Like, is this something that they know for a fact that there's other people that could be indicted almost as like what we've seen with RICO cases of them being a, a part of a militia group that goes out and hunt black men? Because I would only think this is the be the only reason that the feds would actually get involved is because they have a track history and or other connections to hate groups. That's what I want to see, because if he's been an officer, I would think every crime or anybody that's ever been convicted should their charges should be looked at again and investigated to see if that was just something that was placed on them or could have been something that they've been doing because the confidence that they had to hunt a mind down and kill him. And without Roddy sending out that video to somebody, we would have never known. Honestly, he just would have been another dead nigga in the deep South that they were defending themselves against. Without that video, we're not even having this discussion. Uh, so I want to yeah. know what the feds know more that they're actually going to be sticking them on because I don't feel that this is their first body that they've ever did or caught. I really don't. I really don't. And I hope that they really find out of how long or how many other people are connected to them that could have been along the lines of a lot of the a lot of black people that have come up missing in the southeast part of the United States. I hope it's a big ring of people that they found because there's been a lot of black people, the black people, uh, black kids that have come up missing in the southeast area. Hopefully, this starts something bigger, and I hope that's what the Fed is looking at. Yeah, I think that's what the Fed is. As we know, that that county and that area has been having issues for a long time and uh, kind of getting away with stuff. So the feds might dig deeper into some investigations on, on what else has been going on. So I'm assuming that's what they're going to tap in and do and see what else is found. But let me ask you this question. Now, if the feds do tap in, and, they, and, they're, and they're just the tip of the iceberg, and they can bring down a ring of people with a ring of hatred of, of uh, as we've seen on movies, you know, they depict that, you know, certain police officers got certain tattoos and doing things to, you know, that lets you know you're part of that group and doing things to uh, people of color. If they if they reduce their sentence for getting up there and snitching. So it's like, now nah, we're going to give you life, but we're going to give you these, we're going to give you this 50 years because you came here and snitched and we able to bring down a whole circle of people. Now, how would you feel if they, if they did reduce it, but it was only because they had busted their entire ring of people that has been doing things of this nature. My honest opinion anyway is I really hate that it wasn't more of a, a real black presence. When you think about how we react amongst each other, I really wish that we weren't talking about a court case. I really wish it had been justice held in the streets. I really wish that, wish that they could have been met with the same force that they brought to Ahmad. Uh, but to answer your question, if that is the case, if this isn't We've seen it before. We've seen Klansmen. We've seen a lot of different groups that have purposely hunted Black people. If this doesn't make Black people unite and realize that there is a much bigger focus, then we should never complain about anything else. Because to me, the amount of Black people that's been coming up missing 
this would be cracking the case. It's like, okay, hey, we we don't have time to be spending our own blocks. Like, if that's what it comes down to, you know, hey, hopefully this makes us unite. But I don't want it to be any less a sentence for them because they still committed murder themselves. But I hope that it would bring awareness to what's been going on for a long time because it's a lot of missing people, a lot of missing black people. So, Rose, uh, just so I, I hear you clearly, yeah. you're saying if they, if it is found that it is a ring that they're a part of or a party that they're a part of or a group that they're a part of, you hope that as black people, we finally have the come to Jesus moment and the aha moment to where we stand together? Yeah. Okay, no, no, okay, I, no, I feel you on that. Cause I was just gonna say, even with, even without them finding that they're tied to some type of group or party, I feel like we should have done that as a people, but I can see like, if it comes out like, oh, these people are really out here setting us up or whatever, because I mean, this is kind of how I feel about human trafficking and everything. Like you got groups of people preying on people and we always known there's people preying on black people, there's people preying on women, there's people preying on a whole bunch of people out here in this world. So we should have came together as man for our women, as a, a race of black people for our, our people and our culture and everything, but we just don't do it. But Hopefully this will be, if, if it is that, this will be the moment to where we wake up and we say, okay, shit's got to change. But uh, to to your exact question, Flake, I feel like if they snitch on some people or whatever and they get a lighter sentence, we just know that's how the system is. But I think that's a flaw in the system because at the end of the day, they still hunted an innocent black man who was running and just running around the neighborhood for exercise and looking at some stuff and he did nothing wrong he was not up to no harm or trying to be even he wasn't even being disruptive and you know causing a disorderly conduct or anything he was just minding his own business doing his own thing and they hunted him down so even if they snitch on a bigger group let's say the kkk or the proud boys or whatever and it's a group to that size and we get some major people they should still get the time that is allotted to them with no lesser sentence. And they should just feel happy that, hey, somebody coming down with me, I guess, or whatever's gonna make them feel better. But the the justice system, the, the feds, the anybody should not give them a lesser sentence because they still committed a heinous act and hunted down somebody like he was a deer or like he was a hog or something, so. Yeah. And, you know, we know about the groups that you've mentioned. I ain't even I'm worried about the people that's real deal hiding in plain sight, you know, going to the judicial system, see the people that could be uh, not could be that are a part of the police force, that are lawyers, that are judges. Like, let me know those people, because with him being a police officer, he has those legal connections that are talking about the very system that we're speaking about. So this could be way bigger and better to find out, okay, so who are these people that are quote unquote protecting this country or holding up the law? Who is he connected to for him to be this, this confident because this is just how you feel, but also the people that you associate yourself with, 90% of those people have some of the same beliefs that you do. So I hope that they're a part of the judicial system and that breaks everything down from Georgia and anybody else they could be connected to. That's how I look at it. But, you know, not snitching because, you know, you know how it is. So hopefully it's just a big ring. But, you know, we always use the excuse of, oh, well, you know, the, the, the Proud Boys out there, the KKK, that's all. We got an excuse for why we don't unify. But now let's let, let's let, let's get into it and see what's going on. But at the, I, I'm in total agreement with you. But yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. a lot of these people who are hiding in plain sight are a part of them groups or groups like that. So oh, for sure, yeah. that's what I hope. Yeah. yeah. So if you get the snitching, go on tell about the other judge and the other police officers. Yeah, go on bring all them groups. So tell it. Yeah, go on to tell because they when they got their life without parole, I promise you. Just like we just seen some of the toughest and street niggas then went in there that was never supposed to fold, get to telling. They ain't looking no different. They might not show no remorse right now, but sitting in isolation for the rest of your life, ain't nobody wanting to do that. I don't care how gangster you is. We didn't seen the best of them. The best oh, of the yeah. best still get up there and point out people. So go on, tell it. Go on, tell it. 
I believe I believe they will. And I, I just gave that as an example. I think, I, I think they'll do something. I think they'll do something like, hey, we're going to give you the death penalty if you don't say nothing. And we're we going to get you all the way out of here if you don't say nothing. If that was us, I would agree. But they going to put the pressure on him and make him start pulling because Roddy ready to tell right now. He he already <laughs> he already right now. Shit, I can't wait. Look, hey bro, if they don't come down, get them thirty party, years reduced. Hey, look, look, hey bro, I'm sorry, and, I already got. And he it. might be the key, and he might bro, be the key because he listen, don't want to get paroled. So it's like, yeah, hey dog, hey, get what y'all talking about. Yeah, he I'm cooperated about two Yeah, he look, look, my brother. I'm trying to go home, bro. They already gave y'all that here without no parole, dog. Let me go on and tell on little brother I'm from Georgia. Let me tell on brother I'm from South Carolina, man. We know we've been on these folks. He trying to get Roddy trying to come home. Roddy is the key. So if anybody want to put, hey, Roddy is the key. Trust me, that you see the fear in that white man eyes sitting in that courtroom, bro. He knew shit got real, real when they got to hand out them sentences. So if anybody gonna bust. You know how we just seen that brother walking in that courtroom with that bill, that uh, that envelope and that folder. You know what's going on, bro. He about to tell him head back. He going home, what, bro. What for real say? I'm sorry, nigga. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> trying to go home. I'm trying, I'm trying to come <laughs> home, bro. You feel me? But yeah, rising proud to uh, of mine, man. And I hope the best that comes out with that and his family. I think he has a sister or auntie or somebody that's going to be running for office. So hopefully, the people in that area get behind her as she tries to inform change in that area because like Flake had mentioned, there's been a lot of different occurrences that have been racially profiled or racially heightened that have never went in their favor. So this was a big win for them. So not to gloss over that at any point, but definitely get behind her and her fight. So hopefully people are pushing like they do other, you know, celebs, get behind her and get a push so they could actually see some reform in a real way because she's seen it firsthand of how the justice system can work in her favor, but also of how the arrogance of white people can take somebody's life and you have to deal with losing a significant other trying to fight this fight. So, you know, big ups to her. And I, I look forward to seeing how she runs and how she does in that area. And hopefully this leads to a change uh, in that uh, county. I know Flake, you said you was gonna bring up, you know, Dante Wright, right? Oh yeah, Dante Wright, get y'all thoughts on that. Uh she has been uh convicted of manslaughter in this situation. If you don't remember, this is the lady that was yelling taser, 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 but actually pulled a gun and shot him on a should have been just a basic pullover situation. He shouldn't have been pulled over at all, but it should have been just a ba your basic traffic stop in this situation. However, uh she has been convicted, sentencing, I think, come in uh February or March. On her, so I wanted to give you guys get you guys thoughts on that. Do you think she should have got you know murder, uh, or they got it right with the manslaughter on this one? Uh, to me, with her being convicted of uh, what charged with first and second degree manslaughter, I think it's right. Uh, now, I've talked to several police officers in regards to that. Uh, actually, got a home a couple homeboys that's like really uh, that's, that's been doing it for a long time. I still don't understand the difference. I can understand the heat of the moment you reaching on a different side, but to me, using a taser and a gun is completely different. Uh, I've only used they a taser a couple of times. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I've used a taser a couple of times in my life just playing. I've shot a gun plenty of times. And to me, there are, those are completely different triggers to where you could even think that that pressure is the same uh, or even reach for just based off of, the correct training. So to me, it goes back to due to her negligence, I think she should be charged. I, I hope that it's more than 10, uh, you know, I, I hope it's more than 10 years. And I, I hope she actually has some time to where uh, she's stripped of everything. She shouldn't be able to be on the force again. Uh, she should lose anything, any pensions, anything in regards to that. Um, all of that, that that goes to it. But then also this is still just another look at these hostile situations that they just seem to handle so differently when it is a person of color and how they do it with people that look like them. We still just can't get past how that's still a recurring occurrence across the nation. It's not just her. It's a, it's a plague. It's you all are extremely aggressive with people that are should be regular traffic stops or not doing anything at all, extremely aggressive, but you will arrest people that will walk out with machine guns and ARs or whatever, or trying to swing, 
uh, point the gun at you already. I already have a knife drawn on you, and you're able to restrain them, and it's all cool. So that still has to be corrected. But I think they got it right with the sentencing because if she'd have shot more than once, then of course we'd have had to go with murder because you had to premeditate that. You don't make the same mistake two or three or four times shooting somebody. So we'll see how it goes with the sentencing in February. Uh, I'm in. I'm in agreement with Rose for the. Yeah, I'm in agreement with Rose. The only thing that I would add is just that uh, nobody's to know her intent, uh, what she was really feeling in that moment or how she really felt in that moment. So that's the big difference between manslaughter and, you know, murder. So I'm not upset or I'm not disappointed that they charged her with first and second degree manslaughter because again, to Rose's point, she only shot the gun one time uh, from my understanding and what the reports show. So then therefore it's believable that she could have made the mistake. Now to Rose's point, I don't see how you forget what side when you're trained and everything. But I also know that sometimes that when you are fearful or you're frightened, your mind's not working to uh, the best of its ability. So then therefore you could be a little confused because you're reacting versus actually thinking. Now, the thing that I will say uh, to that and uh, Rose hit it right on the head with the negligence statement is one, and another thing that we talked about uh, previously in uh, previous episodes is one, there should be better training for our police officers. Two, we should not have officers who are patrolling our communities and our areas who are afraid of just skin color. Skin color puts fear in them. Skin color makes them feel a certain way. So they got to be a little bit more on edge or they got to be a little bit more aggressive because they're afraid of skin color. So therefore, that shouldn't be an excuse, but skin color, if we're being honest, does make people more tense, does make people more fearful, does make people more uh, heightened or uh, nervous or cautious or whatever the word may be uh, in that state, because I don't know exactly what feeling or emotion she was feeling, but I know it was something in that range. And so therefore, skin color is the reason, but that shouldn't be a reason. We should not allow that to be justifiable or to be an excuse. However, you know, we know how the system is. So I'm not upset that she was charged with a uh, manslaughter. I hope that she does get the time that she deserves, which is pretty much uh, about 20 to 20 to life or whatever the case may be. I won't be upset if she's up for parole because I do believe in second chances. I do believe uh, in redemption. I do believe that people can change. So uh, again, but I'm not here to say that, I'm not here to pass judgment and say exactly how much time she should serve. But again, that's not up for me, so. As a, uh... As a comedian, Brian Simpson said, he is on the, the new Netflix uh, comedy show called The Stand-Ups. And it, and it was funny to me when he did this joke. It was hilarious. He, he just basically said, police officers should go through a, a haunted house filled with black people. And depending on how you make it through that, make the final decision if you, you, if you should be an officer or not. <laughs> really? Some, some, for real though, some, some gotta give, bro. Like, really, like, that's just crazy. Cause if you that scared, you don't need to police anybody's community. Like, nah. you, you just don't. You just don't, man. Not at all. Not at all. Now they, they just need to go, uh, get put down by the set one time, so they won't be so jumpy when they come to the hood. Like, just, 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 just let, just let a faction, uh, put you down one time, get you in there for. You know, how, however long your set makes you uh, stay in the blender or in the paint and then j just get served that way. And then, OK, I know what it feel like. OK, I'm comfortable. I'm good. So then I, I, I can govern this uh, this community in this area. 
Real talk, bro. I did tell my homeboy that's in the, on the police force. I feel as if that either they should have to do mandatory, like a thousand some hours of community service in that neighborhood without any gun and have them with somebody that's a veteran that doesn't have any past occurrences of being aggressive with their community just to get them used to not being able to result automatically of being empowered by using a weapon. Because to the end that one, it builds the community, you have a presence with them and they understand that you're not there to hurt. You actually are policing. But then secondly, you're not going to come in, you're not going to make it past 100 hours if you're really in the trenches somewhere because you scared as hell. You shouldn't be that in. You shouldn't be scared of those people. Like you are, your profession is to conflict resolve at the highest level because you're dealing with people that could have committed a crime. If your intentions is to come in to harm people, then you should not be there. You just shouldn't. So you need about a thousand hours in there with no gun, riding with a veteran, and they should be putting you through shit. Like, matter of fact, let me take you over here to, you know what I'm saying? Let me drop you off in Oak Cliff real quick and spend the block and have a couple people just set up a test and just run run through you real fast and see what's going on. They ain't going to hurt you, but you scared and you, oh, yeah, you don't need to be there then because it, I, we know what you're going to do when you have a gun on you to get these people off of you or just from around you. Because you could be dealing with somebody that's going through something mentally. If your natural reaction is to grab something, this this ain't the, this ain't the profession for you. It's just not. Uh, now, the one thing I would disagree with that is they're allowed to be scared because I'm not scared of nothing. But being around my people, there are certain areas where I am clutching versus just walking freely. So I'm not going to say they can't be scared because – there are some environments that make you say, okay, I got to be on my P's and Q's. I got to I gotta observe everything around me. I got to clutch this or make sure it's on me. And then there's some places where you could be like, oh, I'm comfortable, I'm good, and all this other stuff. So I don't want to use the word scared, but I do understand you. Like, okay, you be with a veteran who's been in that community for a certain amount of time, they, they carry in, and then you be pistol free. I do agree with all of that and everything. See, here's the thing, though. Since we both have been in these, we've both been in these, we've all been in these environments. You're not scared, you're just aware. Awareness makes you move a certain way. If you're naturally scared, you're either two things you're gonna do in the hood. You're gonna get the sparking for no reason, or you're running. If you're aware, you like, hey, I know bro, I really own that. So let me go on and get my gas and get on about this gas station. You feel me? I ain't about to be erratic or looking nervous or none of that. Like, I understand the situation. I understand the environment I'm in. Let me remove myself or be able to, hey, bro, you know what? I I, I wouldn't even know that. You feel me? Like, it, it's all good, sis. Like, hey, I was just, I thought I'd seen somebody that looked like you. You feel me? They don't have any of that conflict resolution. They immediately, they see you, you got a hood on. It's 90 degrees. They clutching. What you clutching for, man? I, I could be cold. I might be anemic. You feel me? What you clutching for? So now, if I'm really on it, now I'm about to be aggressive with you because this is the environment I'm in. This is how we survive over here. You shouldn't be bringing that energy if you're supposed to be securing this neighborhood. So they need to be aware. They be they have to be scared. No, no, no. Scared niggas shoot you quicker than a a nigga that's just aware way faster. You feel me? Like I agree. You know. And at the at the end of the day, they need de-escalation training. Yeah. And that's what it all boiled down to. Need to learn how to be the DS. We as we as civilians shouldn't be the people that have to de-escalate the issue. The officer, your job is to come there to de-escalate the issue. Instead, they in most cases we've seen they are escalating the issue instead of de-escalating the issue. So you scared, you making the civilian scared because you're not de-escalating it. You making it, you making it more escalating what it had to be. Prime example in this situation, it should have been just a regular traffic pullover. But due to the simple fact that y'all escalated the issue, you make him nervous. He don't want to get out the car. He about to drive off, you know, because you you all you all have escalated the situation instead of de-escalating the situation. Now I, I totally agree with the de-escalation and everything. It's just that you know, uh, at at to to what Rose said in the hood. We can know somebody about that and we can remove ourselves. Sometimes a cop can't remove himself because of the situation that that person who about that did. They just might just hit a lick on, on a stove or something. A cop got to be is, there. Now that's different. Now that's different. Now if they out here, you know, they armed, just robbed the store, this, that, and other. That's a whole nother situation. 
instead of doing basic traffic stops and people coming up dead at the end of the traffic stop. You know what I mean? I, I feel you, but I'm just saying, like, well, the one thing, though, is you're not going to know if you're armed or not. And uh, just just to bring this but, up, even though we know he we know after the fact he wasn't armed, but the Mike Brown situation where he stole the thing, you know, all that stuff came out the thing. And, you know, they 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 murdered him. I'm not saying that they didn't. But again, when it's when it's things like that and you get information like this and they they don't know for show for show if he a stepper or not, but they know what he just done or things like that. And you you do put yourself in compromising situations as an officer. That's one thing I don't want to take away from them. Sometimes they yeah. do put themselves in situations that uh, they are doing, putting themselves in harm's way and could not make it home the next day or whatever the case may be. So I just want to say that. So again, you know, I, I agree with everything y'all said, but I am going to say, you know, because again, we got some people we know that we're friends with that are black, that are brothers, that are sisters, that are police officers. And, you know, I don't want to make it seem like every police officer is bad or every police, but they do put themselves on the line a lot of times and shit. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, well, well said, well said. They. They do be in that front line when you know you need things some of that front line thinking too. You see yeah, yeah. Because there wasn't no way I was gonna join the police force and put my life on the line for forty thousand years. So we appreciate what they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I salute them. I salute them. Like I tell them, like like just as where we are aware of those areas where you just would be cautious of. They have to go in those areas, so I, I get where spirit's coming from, and I'm not making it as it's light. But the thing is, I'm gonna say this, and I'm, I mean this. That's what you signed up for. You feel me? Like, just like Flake said, he wouldn't do it. You could have made the same decision. You feel me? Like, don't be just trying to get no paycheck, and when you gotta go to, you know, the highest crime rate area in your city, you got your Oak Cliff, you got South Dallas, you got <clears throat> Third Ward, the Bloody Nickel. On my, I mean, you name a hood, you got to have to go in there. You know what they doing over there. But it's just best the same way that we look at it, y'all have more power because you 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 come with a certain type of, you got your vest, you got other people with you. It's different, man. It's just, it could be different. It could be handled different to keep from it being those reactions. Because what I ain't seeing them doing, though, they ain't running down on nobody that's already clutching with that same energy. They're killing people or harming people fatally that don't have any intentions of even harming them like that. That's that's where I'm not getting. It's like, why are you so nervous when these people ain't even bringing that? But with the people that's bringing it, you know, we ain't gonna get into that. That's a whole other topic. But they get Burger King yeah. and shit. That's all I'm saying. But I, I'm, I'm gonna give. I'm, we gonna. I'm gonna end it right here for yeah. me in a way. I'm, I'm gonna give a good example. Now, people used to always bust jokes about Sergeant Mason being on first Ford Aid in Memphis. Yeah. And how she and how she react to everybody she come in contact with, killers, drug dealers, and all that. And the reason why she can do that is because community policing. They they don't give her no extra lip. They ain't coming to her tough. Community police. They know Sergeant Mason, and then Sergeant Mason will come around and say, "I know your mama. I know where your grandmama stay. How your little cousin doing? Blah 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 blah." I mean, like She's you said, like we around. said up top. You like we me? said up top, when you community policing, it's a whole lot different. Yeah. And she solved hell of a murders from real, real deal steppers. And she could walk right. around Memphis without a, a, a scratch on them. People know who she is. <laughs> like, it ain't no secret. You feel me? But it's, yeah, it's a difference, man. It's, it's knowing about who you policing, man. Without yeah. that, you shouldn't be over there. I, I'm, I'm going to stand on that. But we can go ahead and uh, close it out, fellas. That's real. That's real. So for our Black Business Minute, uh, this week we got 54 Thrones. You can find them at 5, the number 5, the number 4, Thrones, T-H-R-O-N-E-S, on Instagram. Also, their uh, website is 54thrones.com, spelled the same way. So uh, here's a little bit of the story. Christina Tegby, and I'm sorry if I mess up your name, uh, Queen, Christina Funky Tegby is the founder and creative visionary behind 54 Thrones, an African beauty brand inspired by the richness, diversity, and cultures of the continent and its people. 
A Southern American childhood rooted with the cultural essence of Nigeria, Christina grew up experiencing the true and sacred beauty of Africa. Empowered by her Nigerian aunt, who would indulge her with tubs of shea butter sent via Nigeria and by the ingenuity and innovation across the motherland. She answered the call to share the heart and soul of Africa with the world. In 2015, she left her career in corporate consulting to launch 54 Thrones. With 54 Thrones, Christina aspires to spread the message of the African origin of clean beauty, determined to share the beauty and authenticity of an African of, of an Africa often not seen. She partners with passionate artisans who handcraft the rich ingredients that make up the brand. Uh, the story of 54 Thrones, African grown, pure and organic plant botanicals blended to protect, soothe and nourish your skin. 54 countries, 54 thrones. The name 54 thrones distinctively represents Africa's 54 countries. Christina travels to each country to source our key ingredients, personally meeting each artesian, cooperative members and businesses that we work with, collaborating to create authentic sustainability, sustainable made beauty products inspired by ancient African tradition. The result, high quality African grown ingredients backed by women who've cared for their skin with these natural ingredients for generations. That's 54 Thrones and that's our Black Business Minute. Salute to them. Yeah, that's, that's dope though, cause you know, the name of 54 Thrones for the 54 countries and then, you know, to go to each country in Africa to to resource your products, that, that's, that's real dope. That's Real yeah, different. That's real dope. Our supremely black person we goes to Jessica Watkins. Uh, she is a NASA a uh, astronaut uh, and former international rugby player. Watkins was announced as the first black woman who would complete an international space station long-term mission in April of 2022. Uh, she was born in Maryland. And shortly after that, her family moved to Lafayette, Colorado. Uh, she graduated uh, with a geological and environmental science degree at Stafford, Stanford University, uh, where she also became a rugby player. Uh, she also uh, ended up getting a PhD at the University of California, Los Angeles. Uh, she also used to coach women's basketball as well, the California Institute of Technology. Uh, so we want to make her a Supreme Black Person of the Week because she's going to jump on that International Space Station and be there uh, in April 22 for a long-term mission. So big shout out to Miss Jessica Watkins. Shout out to Miss Watkins. Where's she located at? Where you said that where she was from? Uh, she is from Lafayette, Colorado. Well, she was born in Maryland and moved to Lafayette, Colorado. Lafayette, Colorado. Uh, as of now, her parents still live in Lafayette, Colorado. And she enjoys soccer, rock climbing, skiing, and creative writing along with her. <laughs> along with being an astronaut for NASA. <laughs> that's, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Well, with that anybody? being said, huh? Go ahead, go ahead. That's what I'm about to ask. Anybody hear anything, yeah? With that being said, for all our queens out there, put your crown on, tilt that thing to the side, let them know you're our queen. For all our kings out there, put your crown on, tilt that thing to the side, let them know you're our king. We are supremely black, and we out. Peace.